Welcome to the Quartering Podcast for Wednesday, the 25th of January. First up, Elon Musk blasted for Twitter banning free speech and trust and safety issues ominous statement. I want to start by thanking everybody who has uh, continued to support me on Twitter using hashtag free the quartering. We've actually been trending for the past few days. I think it's the first time my channel's ever trended. And in this particular case, thankfully, it's not for anything bad. And so uh, I see you. I see your support. I appreciate you. There have been many content creators that have jumped in the fray to, to voice their concern. Richard Barnes, that Star Wars girl, uh, Viva Frey, um, Jeremy from Geeks and Gamers, Drunk3PO, much, many, many, many more uh, have been supportive, and uh, I appreciate that. Uh, we received essentially some pretty troubling news uh, from the vice president of Twitter's Trust and Safety, essentially the boss, uh, about this band, uh, this ban, and it and and. It's very concerning in the wording that it's that it's been put together. So I want to talk about that. Uh, so this person tweeted, uh, <laughs> gentrified tweeted, why is Brittany Venti in the quartering still not reinstated? Eliza Blue has been proven to, to be taking advantage of Twitter algorithms. Elon Musk, we had hopes Twitter would be better than previously. Then Jason Jones rings in um, and says, have you looked into this? Ella Irwin. Whoever locked these two accounts clearly got it wrong. <clears throat> it's absurd to force someone to remove a tweet that includes publicly available, legally obtained, consensually produced media. Very well written, Jason Jones. So Ella Irwin actually replied to this. And if you don't know who Ella Irwin is, she is the product and trust leader at Twitter. So she is the new Yol, essentially. Ella replies, not absurd at all. Now, this is the head of trust and safety or vice president or whatever. If someone who is in a video or photo reports it as non-consensual or unauthorized and files the necessary reports regarding the content posted, i.e. YouTube, Google, Facebook, we have an obligation to remove it from our own platform. To which Jason Jones politely replies, thanks for your reply, Ella. I find it absurd because there isn't any spiciness in the video. If there were, it wouldn't be on YouTube. Is Eliza implying that she didn't consent to being a paid actress in a music video she starred in? Also, have you seen it? Then here's where things get really suspicious. And I'm going to, I'm going to reveal to you, uh, you know, a pretty interesting connection between Ella Irwin and Eliza Blue, which kind of puts it all in perspective. Important to note that the rights owner of the video slash photo, if different than the reporter, can always argue against the removal, except in case of non-consensual photos. But people reposting the media are not generally the rights owners. What? So essentially, I can go around and anyone can go around and say that photos of them are not consensual and can be locking Twitter accounts. You can see, have you ever heard of fair use? Is there a YouTube video that anyone can see? Free Britney, free the quartering. Um, and you see Michael Tracy, apparently, responding. Are you So whoever, Martina Mar Marcota wrote, 
You're asking why it was taken down from Twitter because the policy is you cannot distribute material without consent, but I don't need consent. It's fair use and it's a public image. If you feel the need to share spicy images of women, which makes her feel a bad way, you're the good here. That's in reply to Michael Tracy saying, if this is professionally produced music video is an example, if a professionally produced music video is an example of trafficking, let us all know when you're filing criminal complaints against world star hip hop, director Gabriel Hart and rapper Q-Tip. He replies there, are you saying that photos of Pamela Anderson from Baywatch get posted on Twitter and years later she suddenly decides the photos, quote, make her feel bad? She can now claim the photos were posted on Twitter without her consent and get people who posted the photos banned? And then she uses Ella as an exam- as uh, Ella Irwin's point. Now, Ella doesn't follow a lot of people on Twitter. She follows 258 of them. That's not very many. Most of them are work-related. Twitter safety, community notes, um, other people at Twitter. Fast Company, The Verge, news outlets, right? Neil deGrasse Tyson, Twitter Engineering, okay? Reed Hastings, right? Jeremy Clarkson, Shibatoshi Nakamoto, and Eliza Blue. Liza, of course, also follows her. Now, some news media is picking this up, but it seems like head of trust and safety or VP of trust and safety is saying that I can't, that nobody can post images of somebody that if all I have to say is that I feel uncomfortable with you posting my photo, then Twitter has to take it down. I'd like to know what law that is. Of course, you know, Eliza and boy, I've got a, I've got a whopper for you later too about her whole, I was traffic stuff. Uh, I'll have to show you that. That's a separate video to break down. She wrote, I'll be in Orlando, San Francisco, and Austin, then DC. Who's paying for all this? Of course, getting just, just savagely ratioed in the replies. Finally, some people have started to cover it. He was a giant freaking robot saying social media has begun banning people for screenshots of YouTube videos. This from Jennifer Asensio. Two social media personalities have been suspended from Twitter because they posted scenes from a music video on YouTube. Bounding into comics tells the story of YouTubers Brittany Venti and The Quartering, both of whom are suspended from the popular social media platform after posting screenshots of a music video that fellow social media personality and anti-trafficking activist Eliza Blue. Well, I can tell you what's concerning to me is this individual, um, Ella Irwin, right, is saying that it's non-consensual or whatever, right? But is it? Sure doesn't sound like it. 2016 has already started, so here we are. <laughs> um, I'm really happy that the world saw our video got released. That was- she seems like she's got a pretty urban accent she's putting on here. So again, this is not, what do you mean non-consensual? She's really happy that the video got released. She doesn't even own the rights to that video. She's filing of uh, like she's filing complaints. Is it because people found that out you star? work for a campsite? So site? anybody that wants to contact me personally, like a fan or and I hate the word fan. I hate the word fan. It's so ugly. But anybody that feels a need to contact me personally can text message me through a service called Chatstar. Chatstar is a campsite. 
Is that why? Is that why? Here's a pop topic. Twitter backs uh, Eliza Blue despite evidence of deception. You know, the video is still available publicly on, on YouTube, which is extremely concerning. Uh, and I, I don't really understand what I'm supposed to do here. People, on, people sa said last night, hey, don't delete the tweet. Hold your ground. And so I won't. I will not delete the tweet um, <clears throat> because I, don't, I didn't break a rule. People are telling me now from inside Twitter, though, that I'm going to lose this, that they in that internally Twitter has sided with Eliza and that they won't be removing my unfair suspension. By the way, Eliza only seems to care if big accounts share her image. The image exists tens of thousands of posts under the hashtag free the quartering. None of those people are getting banned. So she's selective in her, her feelings of being outraged. You know, and I think it's very concerning that people aren't making a bigger deal about this. I know you, my viewers are, and Brittany's viewers are, and that Star Wars girl's getting in there, but this needs more coverage. Like, I don't understand what, in what planet this person can ban entire accounts because it's inconvenient. It's, I believe it has something to do with the timing in which that music video was recorded and how it relates to her quote-unquote advocacy, which no one can actually tell me, by the way. Can somebody tell me a tangible thing this woman has done to help victims? I mean, I'm genuinely asking. I'm not saying she hasn't. I'm just saying, can somebody point me to something? Because every conservative talking head that has given her softball interviews over the years just said, I really, I really think the work you're doing is really impressive. What work? Banning people from Twitter for posting your publicly available images? I don't understand. And I don't understand this. It's very frustrating that I can't be sharing this message on Twitter. Because I feel like, you know, look, Elon, a lot of people are like, Elon, people have e close to Elon have emailed me and said, oh, Elon knows about it. He's looking into it. Well, I mean, he's been in court all week, I think. I doubt I even factor into his thought process a tiny percent. It's absolutely absurd that I think they are, they know that this is a, not correct, but they refuse to fix the error because it makes them look bad after they prop this woman up. It's embarrassing. Not a good look for Twitter. I, you know, I think people should be letting. I think you know the only thing that you can really do is let Elon Musk know that you're canceling your Twitter blue because that's the only thing he, he seems to care about. You know, hashtag cancel BLEU. <laughs> Don't use that. But like, I mean, at this point, it's like, is he going to take notice when people start canceling their Twitter blues? Because why would anyone want to pay for this? A site that's still allowing essentially offended people to deplatform people they don't like. To abuse the system in place. It's absolutely a horrible look for Elon's new Twitter. And next up, struggling Netflix have banned 100 million users. 100 million viewers set to be banned from Netflix. 100 million. That's, I mean, this is absolutely insane. I mean, I knew that Netflix had kind of peaked with revenue 
Um, but this, this is a very, very, I think, uh, bad PR move uh, to, to ban this many people and expect this to turn out positively for you, I think is extremely unlikely. Bad news for Netflix freeloaders, they call them. Password sharing to be banned by late March and at least 100 million viewers will be impacted. What's interesting is you're not necessarily a freeloader, right? Like inside of one house, you may have multiple people using a Netflix account. Um, a family has a Netflix account that you know the kids use on their laptops and then they move out and they stay on that. It's still all tied to that one account, but Netflix is so desperate for money that now they don't want that to happen anymore. And I think that this is a, a, a better move when you have higher quality content. I mean, Netflix has had some pretty big hits in the past couple of years, but it's also had shows that were wildly popular that even yesterday, I think it was yesterday, they came out with a statement that essentially said, look, all these shows that we cancel, we're not making money. <clears throat> they admit even shows like that I really like, like um, Archive 81 um, or, uh, you know, other popular shows. There was that, um, that, that true crime show that um, got cut off. There's a lot of really popular shows that Netflix cancels. And a lot of people don't really understand why, including myself. And they came out yesterday and said, yo, we cancel these shows because they're not making money. Like, yeah, a bunch of weirdos on Twitter don't, you know, they don't want us to cancel them, but there's not enough people to make them profitable. I mean, you have this article from, from Paul Tassi, you know, Netflix has created a self-fulfilling cancellation loop with its, with its new shows. A couple weeks ago, I remarked that Netflix now felt like it was actively stealing from me. I can almost not even remember which cancellation I was talking about at the time. That, because given there have been so many, but I believe it was 1899, the new show from the creators of Dark, which like Dark, was set up as a part of a three season arc. Naturally, it was canceled on a cliffhanger after a single season because it didn't attract enough viewership or have enough people to finish all the episodes in some arbitrary stretch of time. But what's happened now is that what's happened so often with many shows is that Netflix has created a self-fulfilling loop with many series that probably could have gone on to become valuable catalog additions otherwise. It's absolutely true. So you hold off on watching new shows, even ones you might otherwise be interested in, because you're afraid Netflix will cancel them. Enough people do this, and surprise, viewership is low, and the show ends up getting canceled. The loop is closed and reinforced, because now there's yet another example cited, causing even more people to be cautious next time. And now we've reached a point where unless the series is some sort of record-breaking fluke mega-hit, like Wednesday or super-established franchise like Stranger Things, a second or third season feels like not even a coin flip, more like a 10 to 20% sh chance at best. I think that that's absolutely true. Now they did come out and say like, look, we cancel shows because people don't make money. But like, I absolutely have that, that, that position after they, after they canceled archive 81, 1899 was take it or leave it, but they finished on a huge cliffhanger. And then they're like, yep, sorry. You know, we're just not even going to bother with a second season. This says you may have less than 10 weeks left to let your mom, brother, or anyone else outside your home use your Netflix account. 
The company shared the news in a letter to shareholders, which of course the stock has gone up, noting that widespread account sharing has exceeded over 100 million viewers. These individuals, however, will be able to transfer the, their profiles to new paid account. Wow, thanks Netflix. Allowing them to carry over their preferences. Netflix said that 2022 has been a tough year due to its first subscriber loss in more than a decade. Its customer base fell by 200,000 subscribers in the first quarter. Today's widespread account sharing undermines our long-term ability to invest and improve Netflix, as well as build our business, the company said in the letter. While our terms of use limit Netflix to a household, we recognize that this is a change for members who share accounts more broadly. Netflix, however, is aware that some users will cancel their accounts, but those sharing can transfer profiles if they choose to open their own. We believe this pattern will be similar to what we've seen in Latin America, with engagement growing over time as we continue to deliver a great slate of programming. I can't even name five shows on Netflix that are worth watching. Did you watch that 90s show? First up, as, and by the way, I was, I was a very big fan of that 70s show. I, I watched it every night because I didn't have cable, so it was on whatever, like UPN, I think it was, I don't forget, it was a local, Channel 18. So I'd watch that. And like that 90s show was complete trash. Like the first episode was great because you had all the member berries of like the Kelso character showing up with Jackie, Eric Foreman. And uh, for whatever reason, his girlfriend looks like she aged 100 years. Um, but I, it's her... Um, Fez is like on the show occasionally, but like the first episode I watched, I was like, ha, this is funny. As long as the old cast is like interspersed here and there, it'll be, it'll be good. But no. And of course it was on Netflix. So one of 10 episodes was entirely focused on their, their, uh, androgynous friend coming out. And it was like, okay, great. The group of friends was like hilariously diverse and it was just like, so on the nose and dumb. Um, it just didn't really translate. Um, so like, that's on Netflix. Would I pay for that? No. You know, we just put the TV on while we eat dinner. It's like American Dad. I put on like that 90s show to try it out. I was like, this is not funny. The first episode was funny, uh, but it's probably just because I was, you know, ingesting all the member berries. Anyway, it goes on. Netflix has been working to bring more revenue while catering to consumers. November 2022, the company launched a basic ad with options for seven bucks a month compared to the ad-free version for $9.99 a month. Advertisements, which are either 15 or 30 seconds long, but play before and during shows and movies. I can deal with them for shows, but movies, no way. I'm not taking an ad break during a movie, like an action sequence. And leading up to a recent ban on password sharing, the streaming service revealed their plans for shared plan option. The problem isn't necessarily that they're taking away account sharing. It's that it, it's valuable when you have three people sharing an account for 20 bucks a month or 15 bucks a month or whatever it is. But the fact that now I have to, you know, you have all four of those people have to pay 20, have pay for their own Netflix account. <clears throat> I just don't know. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I get that you, you shouldn't be able to like add your password you know, a hundred random unknown people shouldn't be able to, to, to share a Netflix account. I, 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 even though like I hate Netflix, I think I can admit that from like a business perspective, that's very reasonable, but 
I mean, I think it's totally fine if parents, if kids want to share their Netflix account with their parents, because that all factors in to what I'm paying for Netflix. Like, I'm like, ah, my dad watches some show on Netflix. My, my mom watches another show. I watch a show. All right, fine. It's worth 20 bucks a month. The idea that now they would have to pay 20 bucks a month and I would have to pay 20 bucks a month. And it's just not going to happen. And they're going to lose a lot of people, but you know, they probably will. They probably will convert some people, uh, some people to pay. But uh, this is, I'm telling you with the, with the streaming, the, the, there is a reckoning coming in streaming. We're about to have, I believe, you know, 2023 is going to be a rough year financially for a lot of people, maybe 2024. I've said this before uh, back on Twitter when I had access to Twitter. Things like uh, these, you know, like Hulu keeps going up more and more and more and more uh, every month to where it's like, oh, I pay $60, $70 a month for Hulu because I want to have live sports. Then I pay $15 a month for Disney Plus, $10, a month for Netflix, then $8 for, for Peacock. And suddenly you're like, wait a minute, this is, I'm paying $140 a month for streaming services and I still don't have everything I had on cable for that price. Cable plus DVR, okay, I would say. You know, you still get the on-demand watch, but like on cable, I always, I use, I use my DVR. So I would have my DVR set and I would wait until I had, you know, 20, you know, episodes recorded or something and I would watch them. But now it's like, you know, oh, sure, I can click through. And like, I, oh, and by the way, I don't know if this happens to you, but I'm on the highest tier Hulu provides and I still get ads in certain shows. Like certain shows, I'm not saying that I watch Sister Wives. I'm just saying I get ads during that. Or like when you watch an episode like Bob's Burgers, on the day it comes out, there's commercials in it. Like, so I'm still getting ads and I'm paying those clowns like 80 bucks a month. There's going to be a reckoning with these streaming services. I'm just, I'm just serious. Like people are going to cut them out. Like people can watch what they want to watch. There's so much free content on YouTube and other areas. Disney Plus still isn't making money. There's going to be a consolidation. There just has to be uh, because apparently these people can't make money at the price they're charging now. And next up today, demands for huge chests on female characters and no black people. This is a pretty interesting story. You had a fun one. I'm trying to bring you some news that is like more, you know, fun and lighthearted and obviously try to get a little distance ourselves a little bit from the uh the the grind that is creator on creator stuff but uh apparently a new rumor came out from Tencent uh which is the video game giant uh they own just about everything they also have a movie house and they have all sorts of stuff they're also notably in China uh <laughs> allegedly when speaking about their new video games and and new product offerings they wanted bigger bobs and no black folks. Uh, in a, a, and, and, and this is apparently about a movie they were funded. Now, this was a rumor perpetuated by a, a kind of a far left leaning video game urinalist or personality. So take that for what you will. But I'm not against bigger bobs. I think everybody likes that. 
So here's an article from thegamer.com published today. Tencent a lot allegedly wanted bigger chesticles and no black people in a movie that it was funding. Now this is all associated to someone uh, who goes, <clears throat> who's, who's uh, Alana Pierce. She's a YouTuber and, and video game. She's been around the industry for a long time. I don't have any real reason to like doubt her uh, out of hand. She's had some kind of silly takes or whatever, but you know, we've all had that. Now, uh, the single largest distributor of video games in the world, Tencent, apparently wanted bigger T's and A's and no black people in a film in which it was funding. Tencent owns a variety of different game studios, including Funcom, Klee, and Riot Games. The news broke when writer and journalist Alana Pierce discussed some of her experiences in the entertainment industry during an interview with also well-known liars, uh, legendary liars, uh, and bad faith debaters, the Surfs, uh, one of the, the most hilarious uh, channels out on, on the internet that just has been toiling away for years and just can't grow and just can't figure out the fact that their product sucks and people don't like them. But that's neither here nor there. Maybe if they were more honest about their critiques and criticisms and stuff like that in more good faith, people would respect them. But they're largely viewed as a hilarious joke by anybody with uh, half a brain. But the news broke. Uh, so... Alana uh, Pierce talked about how Tencent had a bunch of problematic S uh, before launching into details of a movie, which the company apparently had under production at one point. Now, again, Alana Pierce is a left, a lefty. So, you know, likely liar. Uh, and also is interviewing with some of the most disingenuous liars on the internet. Okay, so... I'm not saying I know she's lying. I genuine, generally want to believe her because who doesn't want bigger bobs in their video games and movies? But the black people thing, that's a little, <laughs> that, that's a little more concerning. But that's uh, obviously how China, you know, China is deeply racist against black people. This is a well-known fact, uh, and I'll show you several examples of it. Uh, so I'm actually not surprised the, the Bob's thing is more surprising than the black people thing, if you can believe it. She said, quote, I have a friend who had who had a film that was offered to be made by Tencent or funded by Tencent. And they were like, no black people and bigger Bob's. Like a lot of rules that they have, I think, are also have had in hand, you know, some AAA games. Now, What's interesting to me is how would they, was the movie filmed? Can you show us the movie? Did you name the, like, this seems like a whole lot of, you know, I'm saying something to get clicks on the internet. <laughs> like, but I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. There certainly has been a pushback uh, against this, like, um, you know, uh, uh, hilarious, you know, the 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 uh there is this pushback against the puritanical view like the same people that that were uh that were saying that being you know let them flop out dump them out for feminism spill them out for for to fight the patriarchy um you know 
they're now saying, well, we don't like, you know, traditionally attractive women being attractive. We want all of our, our, our women to look like men or to be androgynous. Uh, and that's what we got with video games, like modern video games. I mean, I just, you know, this is not a hot take. Like most of the, the female characters in the games are, I know, fictional, but they're very clearly meant to be undertoned and unattractive. Um, and, the, you know, one of the few places that that exists is still in the Asian markets where you can have, you know, good looking characters. Like a game that is so harmless, like um, Dead or Alive, you know, is like viewed as like, oh, my God, jiggle physics. We can't have that. Men are bad, even though women like it, too. Um, but anyway, I digress. This is why I don't like modern video games. It's just, you know, it's not like I need a big old rack in my video game, but I just know the people behind these games are making these decisions. Like we've got to make the character uglier. She can't look better than me. Otherwise I won't be able to self-insert myself. Now, what's interesting to me is I feel like I feel like it's pretty curious that she immediately walked back these claims. Pierce was quick to walk back the allegations by expressing her reluctance to discuss any specific films because, quote, I'm so worried about getting sued by Tencent, but this is what I've heard. Rumors. I'm not sure any of this is true, except she said it's true. She said, I have a friend who was offered a film to be made by Tencent or funded by Tencent, and they said this thing. So that's a firsthand account or secondhand, I guess. This is like her friend told her. Her friend was the one who was offered the money and told bigger bobs and no black people, right? Now, I get not wanting to get sued. I get that. She, however, said that Tencent has, quote, games that are out there and we're like, yeah, this character needs to have bigger a bigger chest or you need to make her skin lighter type of stuff. I imagine that happens with all character design. Um, and, and also, by the way, the other direction. Um, we need her skin darker. We need her to look more manly. Uh, look at The Last of Us, right? Uh, none of the females in that series look traditionally female. The one many people thought was a man for a long time. Um, and, and like, or they tried to represent them as like being trans or something like that. It was, there was some question about it in the beginning in the last of us Two, the new most hated character in the series. Okay. Um, so there's no question that the video game market has tried to make women uglier. I mean, this is just, I don't have to cite some dumb journalist or I just play video games. Now there are still some, you know, games out there, like even Final Fantasy still like, you know, has men that look like men and women that look like women, although their men kind of look like women too. So it's, you know, I don't know, but like, do I believe this happened? Yep, I do. Um, do I believe Alana Pierce knows it happened? No, I believe that she made this up or somebody said something and they wanted to get headlines. Like the, the idea that you, I mean, you can't name the movie, the one say it, it's like Eliza, right? You've helped so many victims. How about you tell us how you helped even one of them? You said that there was a movie and that they wanted this, but can you prove any of that? No. So you just wanted the clicks and none of the, none of the actual, I thought you were a journalist. Now, of course, Pierce placed the company in direct relation to its competitors, both within and outside the games industry, 
I know that most of the film industry and outside of content like No Ghosts, they have weird rules like that. But I think we should be way more concerned about Tencent than we should be about Microsoft. Oh yeah, Microsoft buying chat GPT is no big deal or investing $10 billion into it. This comes in the wake of Tencent buying up a bigger and bigger share of the games industry over the past few years. The company, for example, purchased a majority stake in Wake Up Interactive this past November and Jaeger Development in June. Tencent has often come under fire for its monopolistic practices. Okay. Like, this is, you're telling me that Tencent said no black people. I mean, now, by the way, Black Panther actually did pretty good in China. I don't know how the Wakanda Forever film did. But yeah, of course, they, you know, made sure that they had his mask on in the movie poster. Um, but like, this was a controversy. There was also the controversy of Disney taking John Boyega, a black character um, from the modern Star Wars films and making him smaller on the Star Wars poster and placing him in the back. This is actually something John Boyega spoke out about after being brought to his attention. Respect to John Boyega there. So, I mean, this is not, you know, I don't, I don't want to be like all Chinese people are racist, but I'm saying that there is this undercurrent um, uh, in particular, their treatment of black folks uh, that, you know, it does not make this that hard to believe, but uh, you know, I think I'm all for some, some bigger, but now Tencent, by the way, has come back and said, quote, the views attributed to Tencent by Alana Pierce, she's probably nervous now, are contrary to our beliefs, culture, and values. At this point, they are all ju also just rumors. But we do take the matter seriously. And if it turns out someone affiliated with Tencent did in fact make such a statement, we will take the appropriate action. The fact that they named Alana Pierce probably got her in a lot of trouble. She probably got her friend in a lot of trouble just to get... Uh, you know, just for some likes and retweets off some Z-List podcast. And next up, Eliza Blue flags down YouTube video after meltdown on Twitter. She's trying to cover her tracks. Ooh-wee, the plot is thickening. That's right. <clears throat> now, we had our free speech absolutist. Someone willing to die on the hill of free speech. Flagging down YouTube videos? What? And finally, after repeated requests, an explanation of exactly how this individual was, in their words, you know, how they what 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 actually happened to them. And it's pretty curious. It's pretty interesting. We we're just gonna have to get into it all because this video is pretty spicy. Remember when uh, the the point was that, hey, you know, these are publicly available images that were getting flagged down on Twitter. And everyone could point to said YouTube video. Well, the YouTube video is now down. However, However, what you need to see here is why it's actually down and understand the way this system works, which I do and I will share with you. The video is no longer available due to a privacy claim by a third party, meaning somebody who was in the video 
which only was Eliza Blue, claimed that they, you know, had some sort of private information or images, you know, shared out. And we know that's not true because she was recorded saying that she was really excited about the video coming out. So we now know that, you know, most likely Eliza Blue flagged down this video. Now, why did she do that? Well, there are certainly a lot of reasons that come to my mind, specifically trying to go back in time and pretend like these images weren't publicly available. Now, unfortunately, the internet is forever and the video is still live right now on worldstarhiphop.com with 479,000 views. Obviously, I also have the archive of this because I'm not new here. Eliza claims to be some sort of maven of the law. Well, try me, okay? I've got all of the receipts, all archived, because this isn't my first rodeo with a false flagging grifter, okay? And I say that now. By the way, just a quick check-in, just a quick check-in on how things are going. Let's see, lost 380 followers Saturday, 1,600 on Sunday, 163 Monday, nice recovery, lost. Lost 279 Tuesday, and now has lost 856 today. Um, just to, two, you know, just to check in, and it keeps going down. So probably lost about 1,000 followers today. Now, of course, this person was and is propped up by internal people at Twitter. Uh, they're head of trust and safety. Uh, we saw essentially confirm that, hey, um, you're not allowed to, uh, you know, you, we have a system in place at Twitter that if anyone complains about their video and they and they and they use the proper uh, system or the proper wording, um, we're going to take your content down. Now, of course, we all know the Streisand effect is in effect here and really her false pretense. Now, by the way, hey, if the if the uh, copyright uh, owner of this video wants to speak to me about getting the archive footage, I'm happy to share all of that because you know the creator of this video certainly has the the rights to the video, and the way these privacy complaints work. By the way, people submit them, and they submit some sort of nondescript timestamp in which they were. Um, you know, their personal information maybe was in a video, right? And the creator gets this email and it doesn't even come through like, a. No, it looks like spam. It comes through and says, somebody filed a privacy complaint, somebody, right? You have seven days to respond. Uh, if you respond, like I've had them before, uh, I just respond and say, there's nothing private in my video, go, you know, pound sand, and then it just goes away. If you don't respond to it, or let's say you accidentally did include something, you wanna blur it out, you reply back, say, hey, I blurred this out or I cut this out or whatever. I've never had that happen, um, but I have had people complain about it to try and flag my videos down. But if you don't reply, YouTube just takes the video down. And certainly this video was published, you know, six years ago. The person probably doesn't even have access to the particular YouTube channel, uh, I, I would suspect. And so that's probably why the video got taken down. It probably wasn't because YouTube sided against or against the copyright holder, which appears to be, again, 
world star hip hop. Um, and the video is still live on world star hip hop. It's also live on several other areas. So I believe the idea here is she's trying to cover this up, which I still don't understand unless it, it blows up her whole background story. Otherwise, who cares about this video? I mean, yeah, it's a little cringe, but like, why are you working so hard to try and cover it up? It, unless the time frame in which it was filmed kind of destroys your whole story. That's the only scenario I can even think of that you would risk your whole career flagging down videos, destroying your Twitter following, destroying your credibility. That's the only thing I can think about. That I can only the only thing I could think uh, is um, why this person might might risk it all, right? So I've asked, I've been asking, just in genuine curiousness, like this term trafficking, right? It's so all in all, it's such an umbrella term. It's difficult to know. Hey, was this person like doing things against their will? Were they, you know, participating in acts? Were they doing this? I, it includes so much that it's difficult to kind of know, like, what actually, you know, there's a range there, okay? None of it's okay. The whole idea of, like, being, I'm a survivor, advocate for survivors. Okay, fine. Who isn't? It's not exactly stunning or brave. Now, there is a video out there that finally explains exactly how, what she survived in her own words. Now I'm not going to show the image, but you can find it on Michael Malice's channel live on the internet. Still a video title, uh, Eliza blue on surviving. Um, and I'll just play some of the clip here. Signed up for Twitter in uh, late 2019. So it was like the one of the last few days of 2019, I signed up for Twitter. But what, what does that mean that they trafficked you in Twitter? How so this is Michael Malice saying, what does that mean? How did you get trafficked? Okay. And then here's the traffic you if they're not in contact with you. Yeah. So the way that that was working, I didn't know about the, about the profiles existing because I wasn't on Twitter and I wasn't looking for them. Uh, the way that my former abusers were doing it is that it was going back to my Instagram. The Twitter accounts were linking back to my Instagram and they were trafficking me off Instagram, Backpage, um, you know, Sugar Daddy websites. I mean, they weren't trafficking her. They were using her picture to catfish other men. The real victim is the men who got catfished, not her. Sure would seem that way. And it, it, all, whatever type of internet trafficking is what was happening. I'll go into more detail. So it looks like a profile um, in my particular case. A profile picture that was used to sell, you know, ads or hookup sites. None of which was she actively. Now, did they use her likeness against her will and probably break a law that way? Yes. But what I'm hearing here doesn't exactly constitute being trafficked. Her image was, maybe. And you can see this is via Toxic Male Clips on Twitter. TLDR, uh, Eliza Blue claims that catfish profiles created using pictures from Instagram 
to get guys to go to hookup sites or whatever spicy websites that didn't even have any, you know, fully spicy images uh, is her being trafficked, even though she wasn't actually victimized. The fact that her likeness was used is that now how now how can she believe this? I don't know. But it comes clear that she's not the victim. She's standing on the backs of them for the grift. Do not buy anything she says. Her image was used to catfish lonely guys in her DMs, in their DMs. Now, maybe there's something else to the story, right? Maybe there's, maybe there's more to the story. But in this interview, you can see she clearly uses the term trafficked to describe having her images used to catfish men. The men are the ones on the receiving end of the bad behavior there. Her, how do you, sur I survived? You survived having your image used to catfish men? Well, I guess I survived everyone using a, a photo of my receding hairline to dunk on me on Twitter. I'm a survivor too. This is very, very interesting. And uh, I hope people continue to share it. It looks like uh, looks like Eliza is trending. This is her this is her big moment. Moment. Make sure you share this video on Twitter, uh, and you uh, 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 and use the hashtag free the quartering hashtag free Brittany Venti. And um, you know it's interesting that Eliza is going to this level. This is a complete implosion, and I love that YouTubers are starting to get in on covering this. And don't forget that Ella Irwin, trust and safety vice president over at Twitter, is complicit in all this, which we'll continue to cover. And last up today, woke disaster show Velma gets one final humiliating honor for Mindy Kaling. As we take a tiny step away from the dramatic infighting, I think it's important that we all celebrate the absolute woke disaster that was Mindy Kaling's Velma, which has now made history i mean i think we should all leave a like on this video and if you haven't yet definitely subscribe because you know it's not every day that sjw's do something noteworthy and do something um really exciting and 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 and, and um and um groundbreaking by the way i'll be live streaming at six o'clock tonight doing our battle plan against elon musk and discussing other things hope to see you there um but in this particular case, it has set a record as the third worst reviewed show in history. And it's still sinking, friends. Creator and actress Mindy Kaling has made history for her woke Scooby-Doo spin-off Velma, but certainly not in the way she expected. This is via The Daily Wire. Shout out Daily Wire. The HBO Max show, as highlighted by The Daily Wire, is absolutely bombed on the review aggregator website Rotten Tomatoes, and now it's landed in the number three spot on IMDb's list of worst-rated shows of all time. Now, if we look at the show on Rotten Tomatoes, we see... 47% from critics, which is actually the most shocking part about this, isn't it? Like the fact that critics are, um, are, are not liking the show. That's the part that's really mind boggling to me. It had everything that critics like, um, you know, preteens in the shower, 
woke uh, crap, um, you know, um, white man bad. It, it literally pandered to every possible trope that woke modern day critics like, and they still gave it just a 47%. Then when you move to the audience rating, it is a 6%. Six with 9,240 ratings. While only four episodes of Velma have aired so far, wow, it's hard to imagine it gets better than this, the show has already racked up more than 41,000 one-star reviews. On the flip side, it's earned only 1,600 10-star reviews. Now, normally, when you see like a, a, you know, a cultural backlash against a show, you know, some people call it um you know a review brigade which is you know in a lot of ways it's it's the way we speak out about against something if if you know people aren't happy with a company sometimes they you know they take it out on various reviews and you know on the review of maybe a product they make and some people just don't like um that you know they they don't like that Consumers have an opportunity to speak out. Um, now, while only four episodes of Velma have aired so far, the show has already racked up more than 41,000 one-star reviews. Kaling's Velma is only behind the Pogmentary and Easte Boobenum Masalem, the worst-rated IMDb list, while A Little Late with Lily Singh and Santa Inc., are behind Velma to round up the top. Think about that. You're there with a little late with Lily Singh. That's that's what you're there for. You're there and 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 I'm sorry, Santa Inc. also beat you out as as being slightly less horrible. The show's negative reviews are all over the place, though they all agree it's complete it completely completely misses the mark. Some slam Kaling for going full woke and constantly focus on race and gender while others are incensed by how far removed the show is from the classic Scooby-Doo. Well, the secondary one is kind of important. And it's even worse for Kaling, who strived for woke applause. Some reviews on the IMDb page actually slammed the creator's show for its apparent racism. Quote, The jokes aren't funny. It's not cool. It's not hip. It's the opposite. It's majorly offensive, offensive for two reasons. One review reads one for how terrible it is. And it is really bottom of the barrel, terrible. And two for how obvious it's obvious racism. What an absolute insult really to anyone with half a shred of respectability. I'm just staggered that this even exists. Another high ranking review on IMDb page highlights the bizarre, spicy bedroom aspects of the show. This was atrocious. I watched the entire first episode and did not laugh once, not even a chuckle. The jokes were so juvenile, so heavy-handed, and the premise so far removed from the original IP, it was embarrassing, the review slams. I also don't know or care. Speaking of which, where is Scooby and Shaggy? Personally, I feel like HBO and Minnie Killing owed everyone an apology for this abomination of a series. Notably, before the show even aired, Kaling made it a point to emphasize that the main animated character, Velma, would be South Asian. I'm surprised that wasn't enough. 
I'm really surprised that so many people that this just wasn't enough for everyone on the planet to love this show. Quote, hopefully you noticed my Velma is South Asian, Kaling said last year to a crowd of fans. If people freak out about that, I don't care. Well, that's the problem. These people who get these shows, these popular, um, you know, IPs, they don't actually care about the original fans. They don't care uh, about respecting the lore. They just care about cashing a check and pushing their ideology. Now, when we look at the actual list, at the top 10, now I don't, the rise of a 17 year old star with strong feelings of a dreamer, Istebu Benim Masalam. I don't think that's going to be in English. Uh, maybe not. It's a musical and it's only 40 minutes long. It's a TV series, but 40 minutes long. The Pogmentary is a glimpse into the life of Paul Pogba, a influential world-class French footballer. And it got a 1.1. Now, I'm not sure. If you look, you had 13,000 votes for the Pogmentary. You had 9,500 votes for this other one, Estate. Velma has 50,000 votes. To me, it's number one in our hearts. It's number three on the list, but it's number one in our hearts. Then followed by A Little Late with Lily Singh, which everybody knew was absolutely terrible. Even that only had 7,400 people bother to leave a downvote for it. Santa Inc., obviously just a horrendous, horrendous show. The final draft, never heard of that. The View... The View is still on the air and has a 2.5 rating. Here comes Honey Boo Boo, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and the rounding out the top 10, Raspari. I don't think that, you know, unfortunately, when you look at Velma, this is a show that exists. And I believe it got, I think it's getting a second season. You see Forbes four days ago. Velma is now officially the worst show on TV. As you may or may not know, the worst show on television is finally coming to an end. Fear of the Walking Dead will wrap up with season eight after AMC finally came to its sense and canceled it. But it's perhaps the most ridiculous zombie show ever made. Sorry. But there's a new show already rearing its ugly head to take Fear's place. And unlike Fear, which had three reasonably good seasons before jumping the proverbial shark, this was terrible from the get-go. Yes, I'm talking about Velma. HBO's latest animated series, ostensibly a prequel to the classic children's cartoon Scooby-Doo, only no Scooby and not a child's children's cartoon and not a very good mystery show and more than anything else, not funny in the slightest. The only thing Velma has managed to do well is this actually quite the achievement. Achievement is entirely is unite the entire internet for one brief moment. Conservatives, liberals, Scooby fans, and non-fans alike all agree Velma is a steaming pile of Scooby doo-doo. You look at the Eric Kane. If these jokes were actually funny. Okay, so what's so bad about Velma? Well, for starters, it has no discernible audience. It has almost nothing to do with the original show. It makes attempts at being super woke um, to also being deeply edgelord. If these jokes were actually funny, the show's lack of an obvious target audience might be a good thing, the same way that South Park's humor often targets the left, the right, and everyone else. 
The difference, of course, is that South Park is funny, often insightful parody of modern culture. Velma is just trying way too hard without landing any of its myriad of lame jokes. Well, congratulations, Velma. Finally, some people are waking up and willing to speak out against this garbage. Keep failing, though. We're here for it. It's called job security. By the way, if you made it to the end of this video and you haven't yet subscribed, please do click that subscribe button down below, and we'll talk to you again real soon.